Good morning. Good morning. What a weekend it's been. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I just wanted to encourage everyone and invite everyone to come and play with Holy Spirit. And there's not a right or wrong way to play. There's not a right or wrong way to play. I, I challenge you to do something different today. And it's okay if you don't, but you will have fun if you do. I promise you that. I promise you. You're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel so ridiculous if I do this. Trust me, from the person who does the most ridiculous things, it is so much fun. It is so freeing. So I invite you to do something different today. If you want to sit in dad's lap, sit in dad's lap. If you want to come up and dance with me, I invite you to come up and dance. But do something different and say yes, yes, yes.
God's just, he's taken away all the disappointment this morning. He just wants to take that from you, all the ways that you felt let down, all the ways that you just felt like there was something good that was going to happen, but it just didn't. Yeah, he just wants to come and take all the disappointment. Yeah. He wants to wash all of your tears away. He's so good. Washing your tears even right now.
history 
sweet bread of heaven, come. Come and nourish our souls. Quicken our hearts, God. Quicken our hearts to receive all that you desire to pour out today, Lord Jesus. bodies, our souls, our spirits with your very self. And we just ask you, God, we ask you, whoa. you, Papa. <laughs> the joy is the serious business of heaven. Papa, cause us, cause us to be the flourishing garden of your love, God. Oh. Oh. All right. All right. We could turn on the house lights and spread some of that love around.
he amazing? He's so, so, so good. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We hope you feel welcome here. Uh, if there are any first-time visitors, could you raise your hands? First-time visitors on a Sunday? Yeah, let's give them a hand. Yay, yay, yay. Yay, we have some uh, packets of information and things, and there may or may not be a coffee coupon in there, so you might want to keep your hands raised. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, welcome. We hope that you feel very welcome here. God is good. Um, we wanted to take a moment before we get into our regular announcements, and I would just love to acknowledge all the veterans. If there are any veterans in the house, would you please stand to your feet? We would love to honor you. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you for serving. Thank you for your honor. And I would just, sure. Oh, yes. Can we give Kenny a hand? <laughs> Thank you so much for your service, Ken. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, I just wanted to take a moment. Um, I don't know how, how many people are aware, um, but we so honor all of our veterans and um, we want to pray for them. This is one of those things that's like not on my watch kind of things, um, but uh, veterans oftentimes come back and uh, many suffer from illness and from injury from combat, let alone PTSD and all the different things. Um, I believe that the statistic is 20 per year commit suicide. And that is just not okay. Amen? Um, and so if we could, veterans, would you mind standing one more time? And could you just stand in proxy for all the veterans? And can we just pray against that and pray for ministries to rise up and just for God to give us creative ideas to reach out to them? So if you just want to stretch your hands to all of them. And Lord, we just pray, Father, for all of our veterans, Lord. We pray, let heaven come. Lord, we pray, Father, for PTSD to be healed in our veterans, Lord, for injuries to be healed, God for uh, injuries that were sustained during combat to be healed and from chemicals and all the different things. We just declare, be healed, veterans, in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would rise up ministries, Lord, that you would rise up people, Father, to think of those things, to raise up the conditions at the VA hospitals and the things that they have access to. Lord, I pray, Father, let heaven come in those places, Lord, in our country. Let there be a, a rising level of honor, Lord, and we just thank you so much, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus over all of our veterans, Lord Jesus, and we just thank you for it, Lord. And we just declare no more to the spirit of suicide. We forbid you from going around them in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you for it, Lord. Let the tides turn in that area, Lord. We just thank you. We declare that is not normal. That's not okay. That's not how it's going to stay. In Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we have a video that we have to show you about our supernatural, supernatural school of ministry or supernatural school of supernatural ministry. We sh I should know that. Here we go. Here's the video. We've been through a lot over the last couple of years here in Phoenix. From a pandemic and quarantine to protests, racial tensions, political divisions, only now to be followed up by our current housing shortage and rising inflation. If you've been struggling with feelings of frustration, helplessness, and discouragement, you are not alone. 
Maybe these emotions have been fueling a deep burning question in your soul. Is there more to life than this? You are hungry for more of God, but rejection, setbacks, maybe even pain caused by the church is starting to pile up. You begin to wonder when Jesus said in John, you will do greater things than me. Was he just talking to a select few? Maybe you're considering unsettling because of how many times you offered your heart only for it to be crushed by disappointment. I know how much you've been fighting for breakthrough and agony of your dreams deferred, but your battle to break through isn't just about you. Your battle is part of something so much bigger than you could ever imagine. So you can't give up. You have been assigned an important mission. Hearts and souls are on the line as you watch this. Heaven and earth are counting on you to break through, to rise up and fulfill the dream God has put in your heart. Jesus says in Matthew 5, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall enter into the kingdom of God. And in Matthew 11, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. In times of discouragement, you may have felt distant from God, but the truth is he's never been closer. Even now, Jesus is saying, are you still willing to be my hands? Are you still willing to be my feet? Are you still willing to be my voice? Because if you don't lay your hands on the sick for me, then who will? Because if you don't cast out demons from the oppressed, then who will? If you don't prophesy over those locked in the prison of despair for me, then who will? If you don't stand up to the authorities, powers, and spiritual forces of darkness in our city of Phoenix, then who will? If the kingdom of God is going to advance any further, it's going to require you and others to rise again into your divine destiny. See, you were not born to crawl in the dirt of shame and discouragement. You were born to rise up and take your place and glory by your Father's side. You are not meant to fit in, be comfortable, and shrink back in fear as the rest of the world burns. No, you were made to be a bold truth teller, a conduit of Christ's love to the broken, a fountain of the Holy Ghost, a living gateway into heaven, in and outside the four walls of the church. So I ask you to double down on the promises of God. Gather up the ashes of the past, the broken pieces of your life and your crushed heart. It's time to lay them down at the altar before the Lord one more time. And I promise, fire will fall. All right. My name is uh, Vince Gaedo, and my wife and I, uh, we run the School of Supernatural Ministry here. And believe it or not, I am the same guy that's in that video. Um, <laughs> look a little different with the glasses and the hair. Uh, it's pretty wild. But yeah, if you just, uh, if that resonated with you in any sort of way, that's God just trying to pull you in deeper. And all you have to do is just say yes. <laughs> that's your part. <laughs> yeah, I know probably after watching that, you're ready to just like kick the devil in the face or something. And, uh, and so how you do that is just just yielding and saying yes. So mark your calendars uh, for January 14th. We, uh, that's when our next quarter begins. Our school is two years, but you can jump in at the beginning of any quarter. And so that's when our next quarter begins. January 14th, we're going to be having it open to everybody, though. So if you're thinking like, okay, like what's, what's this like? Um, 
come check it out. See how it goes. Uh, we do a lot of activations. We have teaching. Um, it's a fun time. It's a good time. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, for another announcement, next week uh, we're going to have, like, lunch with the pastor. So if you're new here, um, you know, we're just going to be grabbing lunch at Barrow's. Um, yeah, so you can meet Pastor Joy and Pastor Daniel. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good time. So that's next week. And that's all the announcements I have. So I want to hand this over to Pastor Daniel. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. Um, how many have like a testimony that from the conference, something that happened that you wouldn't mind sharing? Just raise your hand. I know there's testimonies all over the place, but some people don't like the mic. <laughs> Go ahead. Stand up. Yeah, what happened? So uh, on the f first day, I came in with uh, a half-torn uh, MCL and a, uh, a, another injury in my knee that basically makes it impossible to lock. And after the first day, I went and played soccer for the first time in like three months. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Anybody else? Would anybody else like to share what God did? All right. Yeah. I slept well last night for the first time since September. So, wow, it was hard to get up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> wow, praise God! All right, let's take let's take a couple more. Who else would want to share something? Got one over here, making me walk a long way. Getting my exercise. Um, so I'm not trying to lose any weight, but <laughs> I guess over maybe the past two months I've been dealing with a lot and, um, I've just felt like really, really heavy and I'm like, why am I, am I gaining weight? Like my clothes fit the same. I don't understand, but I felt very, very heavy. And so I got on the scale and I'm like, wow, I am gaining weight. I don't understand where it's coming from. And so on the first, um, on Friday, uh, Chuck was like uh, to take off hopelessness, and so we did that act, that act, and then we put on hope and and joy, and then the next day I stepped on the scale and I was three pounds lighter. <laughs> so, wow, it's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, we'll have, like, the one guy, we'll just have Ty come up at the end of the service and pray for everybody who wants supernatural weight loss. <laughs> All right. Um, is, there, is there another one? I have one I want to share, but is there somebody else that would want to share? So yesterday when everyone was on the floor, I got hit um, with the joy, which first of all is a huge testimony because it hasn't happened in over like 10 years. And one of the things that I felt like I kept hearing when I was laughing was that the days of mourning are over. Wow. Praise God. Amen. So anybody else? Could do one more. Anybody else? Amen. Um, yeah, I, I want to share too. I just... Um, I just got totally 
hit with joy yesterday. Just wrecked, couldn't talk, um, trying to pray for people, but it couldn't couldn't stand up to pray for people. <laughs> and um, I have like a really high pitched laugh when I really laugh. Like you know when I when I'm just like it's kind of funny. I'm like ha ha ha, but when I really laugh, it's like it's like a hyena, and it's like it's embarrassing. And, uh, but I didn't care. I was like, wow, this is great. I don't even care. And it's just coming out. <laughs> so yeah, I was very, very thankful for that. Um, wow. God is so good. I needed that. Something just broke in me as I was just laughing for 20 minutes. So I want to introduce Chuck. We want to give him lots of time this morning. Um, I first heard of Chuck probably about eight or nine years ago. Um, someone handed me his book, Free Falling. And I couldn't put it down. It's, it's one of those books where I just could not put down and just read right through the whole thing. And I've even been realizing over this conference, just hearing your testimonies, how much, you, how much you've impacted me that I kind of didn't even realize. And from reading that book from eight or nine years ago and just things that I learned from re- reading that book. And so, you know, this I say this completely. Uh, this is the total truth. Like, if I, if I could make a list of, like, the people I would most want to have at our church, Chuck would be right at the top of that list. And so when we heard that he had agreed to come, we were so excited. I mean, we were just freaking out in staff meeting. <laughs> and so we're just so so excited to have him here. Um, there's so many things I could say about him. He's a father of the faith. Um, he carries this amazing joy, probably more than anybody else I can think of. You and George and Banov is like tied. <laughs> This amazing joy. And by the way, that's what happened to me. Chuck prayed for me, and I just got hit <laughs> yesterday. And, um, and he's the head of the healing rooms uh, at Bethel Church in Reading. So, yeah. Chuck, come on up. I just could go on forever. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you for uh, comparing me to George, and that's a, what an honor. The the first time I met, whoops, I'm back here. The first time I met George, and I mean, have any of you ever been in a George and Banoff meeting? Who has? Yeah, yeah. So he's got this grin that goes from ear to ear. He grabbed me by the cheeks and stuck his face in my face, and he said, "You're going to get younger every year." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yep, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yep, it's, it's a medicine. Yep, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Phew. The, um, yeah, thank you, Joy, for praying for the, the veterans, um, w- which actually reminded me of a testimony. Actually, that didn't remind me. Noel sitting next to me reminded me. <laughs> he said, remember that testimony? Um, we have a healing school, Bethel Healing School, every spring. Actually, it's going to be this coming May, I think the 12th through the 17th. It's a week of glory at Bethel Church. And so we want to invite you all. Do come up. <laughs> it is absolutely phenomenal. Lots of crazy miracles happen. But this one year, uh, I, maybe it was last year, uh, this man came, and he had been in the Vietnam War, and he'd been hit by Agent Orange. 
And so, he, I mean, everything was breaking down in his body. He had trouble breathing. Um, then he developed Parkinson's, and he, he was shaking. He couldn't walk. Uh, there were so many different disabilities that he had. And he came to the healing school, and the first thing that happened, he, I mean, he could breathe. He could open up his lungs and breathe wide. And then the shaking stopped. And then he, he actually got up and walked up on the stage, and he could talk perfectly clearly. And, and he's come back several times to Bethel since and is completely free of all the symptoms that he's had since the Vietnam War. How good is that? So I just, that testimony's for you, Ken. We just send that back in a big glory bomb back to Ken in the back there. Yeah, free, complete freedom from Parkinson's, from all of the yeah, repercussions of that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you heal, you change lives. One of my favorite things is to look into the face of somebody who's been healed, who has had all years of pain disappear. And just all of a sudden, you know, I've heard people say this, I just got my life back. Oh, oh, Jesus. Whoo. So um, we... We had a lot of fun the past two days. My goodness. <laughs> and there were lots more testimonies than people were brave enough to give this morning. Because we had some, you know, a number of different sessions. Um, I, I actually posted on my Instagram a little video of one lady. I don't see her here, but um, she, we were doing testimonies. Noel was running around with a microphone. She was sitting right over there. And, and she's beaming and laughing and laughing. And he goes over and you know, to interview her, and, and she says, you know, <laughs> I came in with depression, <laughs> and she couldn't stop laughing, <laughs> and she goes, <laughs> it's gone, <laughs> depression wiped out by joy, yes, thank you, Jesus, oh, you do all things well, so one of the things that we talked about in this healing conference, we talked about it a bunch, is breakthrough, who likes breakthrough? You know, I mean, to, to have breakthrough, you have to break through something, yes? And so, you know, there's all kinds of things. Jesus said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. He's not prophesying, oh, I think I'll give you tribulation. He's saying, that's just what happens. But take courage. Why? I've overcome the world. <laughs> the overcomer lives in us, and we live in him. In him, we live and move and have our being he lives in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. You know, we have these little badges that um, a friend made, my daughter brought, says, oh, but you're here. You know, yes, there's opposition, there's troubling situations. Oh, but you're here. And this is the game changer. You know, so many times when facing opposition, when facing the impossible, I mean, that's the... The purpose that the impossible has for us is to overwhelm us. But in the face of the impossible, we, can, we, we have the option of turning our attention to the one who lives inside us. The greater one. It says, greater is he who's in me than everything that's in the world. And so I, I get the option to go, oh, but you're here. And this is the, the key to breakthrough in every area of life, really, is just to recognize he's already here. We're not pleading with him to come. Not, we're not begging. We're not orphans. No, we're, we're children. 
sons and daughters of the living God, and he's here. And we can, we can look at the size of the opposition, or we can look at the size of our God and go, oh, but you're here. You know, I mean, I have this image. I have lots of images of David. I mean, David's one of my heroes. You like David? And so, you know, David comes and everybody else is looking at the giant Goliath and going, ah, you know, he's so big. Nobody wants to fight him. David goes, he's so big, I can't miss. <laughs> ah, it's, it's called perspective. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about breakthrough. Would you like to hear more about breakthrough? So um, it was about a year ago. Uh, God gave me the word that this was going to be a year of breakthrough. It was last year. Um, it was a year of breakthrough. But you know what? It doesn't stop. So um, I went away with my wife. Uh, somebody gave us a little condo on the beach in Newport Beach, California, for a week. He said, oh, let us pray about that. Should we go or should we not? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> and so... You know, when we have that opportunity, we, I mean, we just love getting in the Word of God and we get in, you know, steady, you know. Well, <laughs> this is funny. Maybe Faith will remember this. This is my daughter Faith in the second row. And when we were younger in the Lord, when we would go anywhere, we weren't camping all the time. We had a camper. And any place we'd go, we, we would have a, a wooden apple picking box, you know, a bushel box. And it would be full of concordances and lexicons and, you know, Vines uh, Expository Dictionary and, you know, Strong's. Anybody remember Strong's exhaustive concordance of the Bible? <laughs> it was like this thick. We used it as a booster seat for our kids at the dinner table. <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd have a box of these things and we'd take them everywhere we go. I love my iPad. <laughs> They're all there, and you can take it on the airplane. It is so nice. And so, you know, we do these studies, and, and whenever I've got a topic burning in my heart, I, I look up everything in the Bible, every story that has that word in it. I look up the definitions of the word. And so I was studying breakthrough at this time, and... <laughs> And, and so I'm looking at different passages about breakthrough. And one of the most common ones uh, is Isaiah 59, 19. And if you, how, how many ever read the King James Bible? You know, yes, King James. And, you know, we have those King James only people that say, if it was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for me. <laughs> That's a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the poetry of the King James, and, and the New King James is similar. Um, but Isaiah 59, 19, a very common translation of that is, it, it says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the, from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Anybody remember that verse? Okay, well, I used to get a little bit, uh, you know, ticked off because the enemy gets the flood and we just get this flag on the top of the hill. You know, just <laughs> I want more. I mean, <laughs> I feel like we ought to get more. And so in reading many different translations, actually, m almost all the other translations say it differently. They say when the enemy comes, 
like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. God gets the flood. The enemy just comes. Okay? The New Living Translation says, For he will come like a raging flood tide driven by the breath of the Lord. The Passion Translation says, He'll break in as a flooding, rushing river driven on by the breath of Yahweh. The NIV, for he will come like a pent-up flood that the breath of the Lord drives along. The New American Standard, for he'll, he'll come like a narrow, rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives. See, what happens, the word for enemy there, it, it means a narrow, tight, narrow, tight straits. And so affliction, um, sorrow, distress... Uh, the enemy is always coming trying to diminish your options and cramp you and squeeze you into a tight place where you don't see any options. But in a river, when you start piling boulders into the river to, to try to squeeze it off and make it narrow and not flow, what happens upstream? becomes this pent-up flood. This and this is the thing that I want us to pay attention to because so many times we look at the effect of what the enemy is doing and we see, you know, the life flood in me is just down to a trickle. But what we need to do is we need to look behind us and see what's happening to that life. When you need breakthrough, when the enemy's narrowing your options, the pressure of heaven is building up behind you, ready to break through. And this is what breakthrough is. It's not me going, okay, I'm going to fight this thing. It's me going, oh, wait. Uh, the enemy's trying to squeeze it. The Lord of the breakthrough is with me, and the pressure, I'm going to ride the pressure of heaven as we burst forth these dams. I mean, isn't that fun? You know, but it's perspective. What are you going to look at? Look at the effect of the enemy or look at what's happening in heaven behind you when that is happening? Because he's called us to breakthrough, and he's the God of breakthrough. The, the phrase, lift up a standard, um, you know, it doesn't make so much sense to us as it did to them. Uh, you know, because to us it's like the standard, you know, the Calvary's coming, yay, yay, yay. You know, but the floods happen. Uh, but in reality, lift up a standard means, this, this is what the phrase means, to put to flight speedily like a charge of horsemen, to impel forcefully like a confined river that bursts its dam. <laughs> So that's why the other translations make more sense in the language of today. That, yeah, okay, the enemy is trying to narrow your options, trying to squeeze you, trying to diminish you. Actually, the word that Jesus uses, you know, in the world you'll have tribulation. That word is the same word used for tromping out grapes in a wine press. Have you ever felt like the, word, <laughs> the world is... <laughs> But when the world's tromping out the grapes of your life, what's going to come forth? <laughs> the new wine of the Spirit? <laughs> Go ahead and crush and let the wine of righteousness, peace, and joy and the Holy Spirit come gushing out of me. Because that's what the kingdom of heaven is, right? It's righteousness. Aren't you glad that he made you righteous? You know, the enemy is trying to crush you and show you that you aren't righteous. He wants to show you every place that's not righteous. And you're going, you know, it's not 
by works of righteousness that I've done. Yeah, not by works that anyone should boast. I am his righteousness. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he squeezes. And when you know who you are, that's what comes out. His righteousness. And then he gets all ticked out. So he squeezes a little more thinking that, you know, he'll get your peace and get you all disturbed. But we have the peace that goes beyond understanding. That The peace that he puts in us doesn't have anything to do with circumstances goes beyond them. In the midst of chaos, there's an inner peace that we never have to let go of. And that peace comes flowing. The enemy's trying to crush our peace and take us into chaos. And all of a sudden, what comes out is the wine of peace. And he goes, ah, I'll get their joy then. You know, he can't take your joy unless you give it away. And that's the problem is so many times we do give it away. You know, and, and he crushes and squeezes us, but what comes out is the joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's why, you know, in the conference in the past two days, we talked about laughing, partnering with God through laughter, even in the face of difficulty. Because it says that, that God sits in heaven in Psalm 2 and laughs at the schemes of the enemy. Now, the schemes of the enemy, you know, aren't funny, but God's laughing because he goes, ah, just watch this damn burst. Watch the breakthrough come. Watch the guffing, gushing, pent-up stream come and tumble all your opposition out of the way. Ha-ha! <laughs> and so a lot of it is perspective. What will I look at? Will I look at the promises of God and how, who he is and how big he is? Or will I look at the size of the problems in my life? No, there's problems. I remember one of the most impactful experiences I had with joy was when I was in Rwanda, right at the end of the genocide there, where people, you know, the one tribe was slaughtering the other tribe, and horrible atrocities were having were happening. And I went in with a um, a couple who were um, they were Tutsis. And they were, that was the tribe that was being butchered. And um, Ozzy was uh, a Tutsi, Ozzy and his wife Mary. And 83 members of his family had been slaughtered with machetes that summer. And their bodies dumped into the river. One niece escaped by climbing over the backs of crocodiles that were so full from feasting on her dead family that she made it to the other side and escaped to Ozzy's house. I mean, these are the stories I was hearing everywhere I went. I mean, it was horrifying. And so here we are. Um, the war is essentially over, but we're driving into Kigali and we're bringing supplies for schools and for children. And we had the option of, of getting this land to build an orphanage. And, you know, there were all these things that we were coming in with aid to do. But we get stopped on the, the, in the crossing from Uganda to into Kigali, into Rwanda, like five times we got stopped. Uh, by border patrols. I mean, teenage boys in camo with machine guns, <laughs> making us take everything out of the van and get out. Well, this was, uh, what, 1994. I had um, with me a bunch of cassettes. Remember those things, those little cassettes? <laughs> Do you remember what, why you needed a Bic pen with a cassette tape? <laughs> Every time it gets eaten, you have to twirl it. 
So I had cassettes of Christian rock and roll music. So at every border crossing, you know, they pulled us out, and I would give these young border guards a cassette tape of Christian rock and roll music. So on the way back out two weeks later, every all the loudspeakers at all the the stop, you know stopping points were blaring Christian rock and roll music. <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, we went in and we did a lot of stuff and a lot of amazing things happened. But there was one thing that Ozzy is now the oldest male in his tribe, in his family. And so there's a lot of responsibility on him. One of his nieces had married and since he was in the country, if he didn't go to her house, then it would be like dissing her marriage, you know, not honoring it. And so it was the last night, and Mary said, you've got to get to her house. So we got in the van. It's pouring down rain. It's mud streets. It's all hills in Kigali, and it's muddy roads going up and down. Um, it's, it's pitch black, pouring down rain. Mary doesn't quite have the directions to the house right. <laughs> and so have you ever sat in the back seat when... There's a little tension between mom and dad in the front. <laughs> so here I am, the kid in the back seat. And uh, Ozzy and Mary, the most loving couple that I know, and they're like, <laughs> and, and we're trying to find it, and they're roving bands of people along the road, and there's, there's fires and people around the fires, and you know these teenage boys with <laughs> automatic weapons. And, I mean, it's, it's tense. It's a tense atmosphere. And, and I'm you know, from the United States and totally clueless. I haven't been in a, you know, a major civil war. And so, you know, they're trying to figure out, and they think the house is down there, this steep road, but it's all mud, and we're not going to make it back out if we try to get down there. And you know, I go, well, could we just leave the van up here and walk down? And they just look at me horrified and goes, there would not be a wheel left on this thing <laughs> if we left it here at the top of the road. I mean, they know their culture, and so the tension is really thick in the van, and the tension's thick in the night outside. And... All of a sudden, Ozzy goes, no, I will not give up my joy. Jesus gave it to me a very long time ago, and I will not give it away. And boom, the atmosphere in the van just changed. All of a sudden, joy flooded the van. Heaven came into the van. Hey, the, the world outside was still the same. But joy and heaven filled that place. See, it's a choice. It's just a choice. Will I let circumstance rip off my joy? Or will I look into the heaven? I am an open heaven. Will I look into that open heaven? The kingdom of heaven. He said, he, he, Jesus said, don't look over here for the kingdom or over there. Don't make a pilgrimage to Bethel to get the kingdom. Don't go to the Holy Land to get the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is... Right inside. So I'm infatuated with the idea. I've got a whole kingdom inside of me. Whoa! And I don't have to let go of any of the as aspects of the kingdom, regardless of what's happening outside. But when I look into that kingdom and realize, okay, the enemy is, is diminishing my options. He's piling rocks in the river of life that's flowing, and it seems like a trickle. I'm going to look behind me, and I'm going to go, okay, pressure is building. And, and it's like God's just looking for somebody to stand in the gap and go, I will be the breakthrough. 
I'm going to declare breakthrough. I'm going to declare the truths of God's word. I'm going to declare your promises in the midst of all this where it doesn't look like any of the promises are working. I'm going to be the one who stands here and says, yes, yes to your promises. Yes, and then all of a sudden, this, you realize that all of the force of heaven is pent up behind you. And it's building, and it's building, and it's building. <laughs> Here's a story about uh, David. So, um, da- you know, David, they're fighting the Philistines, and the Philistines have, had, have oppressed the Israelites for ages and ages and ages. This is in First Chronicles 14. Da- and, and so... The Philistines are ripping them off, and David inquires of the Lord, which is a good thing to do, saying, shall I go up against the Philistines, and will you deliver them into my hand? No, he just wants to know. And so the Lord said to David, go up, for I will surely deliver them into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and he smote them there. I like that word, smote. We get to smote or smite would be the present tense of smote. I get to smite the enemy, whatever that looks like. He smote them there and said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the bursting out of great waters. So he called the name of that place Baal Perazim, which means the Lord of breaking through. You know, he saw the size of the Philistines and all the problems there. And yet he saw the size of his God, and he goes, God, shall we do it? And God says, do it. <laughs> and he gets there in the Lord. And, and so what does that look like? He says, um, whoops, oh, I was in the wrong passage. That's why I couldn't find it. <laughs> and he smote them, and he said, the Lord has broken through. Okay, so what did that look like to him? He said it looked like the gushing out of mighty waters, like the bursting of a dam. What did that look like? I mean, sometimes it tells you in the battles where all of a sudden the people tumble down the hill backwards in the face of the fury of God. Some, you know, the walls tumble when they, you know, blow the trumpet and shout around Jericho. Uh, the enemy armies started fighting each other. It doesn't say, but, but David saw something that was like the bursting forth of mighty waters. You know, I, I mean, I like to visualize, what does that look like? You know, just, you know, armies tumbling downhill, just going, Wah! and the Israelites are just coming, but the Lord is bursting forth. You know, he wants to burst forth against your enemies because he said, you know, oh, You've touched my anointed one. How? Yeah. He's our God. And we're his people. And we've got to stop. We have to quit um, just agreeing with the victim mentality. You know what the, the worst thing about um, the whole rapture theory <laughs> or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> the, is that the church, um, especially in the 80s, was, you know, barely holding on because God's going to come get us. It's going to get so bad, he's going to have to take us out. But that's not what God says. He, 
he's looking for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. He's looking for a church that believes. I remember when um, Faith used to go with us, when we would go, and, and my sister Molly's here, we used to go to visit my mom and dad who lived in Charleston, South Carolina. And um, my, my mom went to a Catholic church sometimes. <laughs> and my dad went to a, um, an Anglican church most of the time. But we liked a little more spice than that. And so this is the Deep South, and so we would look for the church that had the longest name in the book, the All Nations Church of God in Christ Jesus of the Holy Spirit for the end time <laughs> victory of the saints. You guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so, you know, these were African-American churches. Many times we were the only white people who ever showed up, <laughs> they got down from nine in the morning till three in the afternoon, you know, and, and, and I love their, their worship, their service, everything. I mean, the, the worship band never left the stage. They, they had the Holy Ghost drummer, and they had the Holy Ghost organ lady that played, and the pastor would go, it takes just one touch, and <laughs> I mean, it was a full-on sensory experience. I loved it. But I remember the you know, when the pastor would make a point, you know, everybody jump up and clap and applaud and shout and amen, brother, and all that. And, and I remember one time he made a point and nobody responded. And he went, oh, I wish I was talking to a church that believed. <laughs> but sometimes I think God feels that way about his promises. I mean, I mean, Jesus felt that way, you know, when they... He feeds 5,000 people, and then they, they worry about, oh, we forgot to bring bread. <laughs> He's ticked at us because we didn't bring the bread. He goes, how long do I have to be with you? <laughs> I mean, because faith to Jesus, was, I mean, it, it was the obvious. He didn't have any separation between the promises of God and his life. And then he saw people doubting and fearing. He's like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, we want to be that church that believes. Because, they're, because regardless of how big the opposition is against you, there is a pent-up river behind you that's building and building and building in force just waiting to break through. And I want us to start looking at the size of the build-up and quit thinking about what the enemy's doing. Amen? Okay, so... There's this verse that has to do with breakthrough, and I really love it. And, and it's, it's such a strange verse. Um, okay, it's Matthew eleven twelve, 12, and it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. I love that verse. It's so violent. <laughs> and, and, you know, if you grew up in a violent home, the word violent isn't so exciting to you. It's like, ugh. You know? And... It's, you know, it's kind of, kind of questionable. And so this is one of those things where I look up every single word and I go back into the, you know, lexicons and concordances and everything to try to find out what, what do these words mean? And, and so I looked up, I have an interlinear Bible where you see every Greek word. And, and so what this says is, it says the kingdom of heaven, the, the word suffers violence, it, it's the word biastes. And, and the root word is bio, bios, bios. 
Uh, what's bios? What's, what's that word mean? Life. It's like biology, biosphere, you know. It's life. And what it's saying is the kingdom of heaven is so full of life energy. It is like, it's like a volcano, the kingdom of heaven. There's a kingdom inside of me. Sometimes it feels like a volcano. I'm so full of life. We, we went in the hospital to visit a you know, beautiful lady from this church last night. And, and I'm in, you know, in the hospital in the intensive care, and I just felt like a volcano full of life. Because all around is evidence of death, it looks like. But I'm going, no. <laughs> life is going to blow into this place. And so, you know, the kingdom of heaven is full of life force, and the violent take it by force. So the violent, that's, that's me, full of people, full of that life energy of heaven. You know, the kingdom of heaven is full of life force, and I'm the people who are full of that life force. They're going to and take by force. You know, we don't forcibly take the kingdom. We don't yank the kingdom and pull it down. It's already here. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But what does take by force mean? So I looked it up. And, and ancient Greek and Hebrew words have, have pictures that go with them, little, little picture stories uh, in, in the lettering. And what the picture story here is it means to, to weigh anchor and raise the sail and sail away. And so here, you know, the kingdom of heaven is full of life energy, and the people who are full of life energy, you know, they quit just being anchored in a safe harbor, and they go, oh. they pull up the anchor, raise the sail, Holy Spirit's moving, and boom, off they go. And, and like a picture of that would be, you know, like, we just had a worship time in here. Was that sweet? Did you like the worship time? Yes. Now, we can, because we're in church, we're in a safe harbor. There's a safe place, and we're worshiping. And, you know, we can be like boats in the harbor, and we're just bobbing. Oh, the Holy Spirit's moving. It's so nice. Oh. You know, but that's not what it's all about. When the wind of the Holy Spirit's blowing, it's time to pull up the anchor and raise the sail and see, okay, what are you doing? Where are you going? I want to go where you're going, Holy Spirit. Now, there is a time for just soaking, saturating yourself in the presence of God because this is what, it's like a tuning fork. It attunes us to his ways, his voice, and his nature. And I spend lots of time just soaking in his presence. But there are times when I feel the wind of the Spirit, and that's when I, you know, I want to lift up my sail. I want to pull up the anchor and I want to go. Um, I love sailing and we have some sailing adventures in the Caribbean on a 52-foot yacht. <laughs> Went with these two boys. and <laughs> It was a, a ministry trip that some, somebody had to go on. So we went. Um, <laughs> but I, I can remember one time I was a brand new Christian or fairly new and I was in a, a large church, um, well, kind of large, 300 people, um, and the Holy Spirit was moving, and the preacher, I was just sitting you know, over here somewhere, uh, minding my own business, <laughs> and the Holy Spirit began to speak, and the preacher, you could feel the tangible presence, and the preacher said, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is here to heal. If you need healing in your body, come forward. God's going to heal you. And people just rushed to the front, and there was a bunch of healing. And I felt that wind of the Spirit. 
And so, you know, I'm lifting up my sail because I want to go where he's going. And maybe he wants me to pray for people. I don't know what. I didn't need healing. And all of a sudden, I heard his voice say, I want you to go to the back over there and pray for this, you know, this man who's kind of in the middle section. And, and the rows were way longer than this in their pews. And, and so there's a guy in the middle. And, <laughs> and first I said to him, well, you said if we come forward, you'll heal. And then there was this absolute silence, that, that silence where you know, uh-oh, okay, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and so um, I was, this is in my younger years, I was a little bit wild and untamed. I was, I, I, I'm told, I don't remember, but I was told I was the guy with the wild hair and bare feet in church. <laughs> <laughs> and so I picked up my sail, you know, <laughs> just, everything's happening up here, and I just sail around as people are flooding forward, just sailed around the back, and, and I realized the guy's kind of in a middle section, and there are, you know, lots of people, and I couldn't get to him, and so I, I you know, kind of, I start jumping over the pews in the back and climbing over people, you know, to get to him, and I get right behind him, and he's leaning forward. He's an older gentleman, leaning forward, and I, I couldn't quite get to him, so I just jumped over the pew and squat behind him and just grabbed him. I mean, I, I'm trying to be obedient, and that <laughs> he handled it really well, <laughs> and so I'm just, you know, just releasing everything that God's got in me, all of heaven. I'm just praying for him. I don't even know what, he doesn't talk to me. I don't know what, what his issue is, but I'm just releasing it. All of a sudden, I realize, you know, that I've done it, that God's just released whatever I was carrying, and I get up, and I see that everybody's coming back in their pews, and they're into the pews, and they're filling up the place, and I'm standing there, you know, this, the kid in the old people section, um, and they're looking around going, how do I get out of here? You know, and I'm climbing over pews, climbing over people. I, I think I didn't step on anybody, but, you know, I got out of there, and I went, whew. Um, but, I, but I knew that I'd move with the Holy Spirit. Well, I didn't know anything about this gentleman or her situation, and that was Sunday night. And then I think it was Tuesday, I ran into him in town. And he's beaming, and he comes up, and he gives me a hug, and he's weeping, and I go, oh, tell me what happened. He said, well, last year, a year ago, my wife was diagnosed with cancer, with terminal cancer. And, you know, she was in the hospital, but she didn't want to be in the hospital. We've been married 70-some years. And she wanted to be home. So I took her home and just loved her for months, you know, until she died. Just for the, the last days of her life, I was there ministering to her. And, you know, she went on to be with God. And I don't, I, I don't regret one moment of that precious time with her. But then last week, the doctor said they'd found cancer in my body. And they thought it was serious. And I thought about it. And I... I'm alone. I don't have somebody here with me. And I thought about all the pain that she went through, and I was there to love her, and, and, and just being all alone. And I was overwhelmed. And, when, and, and I, you know, it was, I was feeling like, God, do you know me? And then this crazy kid comes up and starts <laughs> hugging me and speaking words over me. And I felt known by God, and I went to the doctor uh, this, this morning, and he said, I don't understand what happened, but we can't find any cancer in your body. Whoa! <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus. See, if you, don't, if you don't pull up your anchor and raise your sail, you might not see the miracle. 
you know, sometimes we just got to go. When the wind of the Spirit's blowing you, and it's going to blow each of us in different ways. We don't know the way that he's going to move in our lives. But we want to be responsive. And we want to spend those times in his, the secret place, in his presence, so that we can hear his voice and know his impressions. And then when the wind of the Spirit blows, when you, you feel this impression, um, you don't know what to do. I, I mean, so many times when I feel him, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I just crank up the anchor, put up the sail, and go, okay, we're going wherever you're going. And sometimes he leaves me without telling me what we're doing. Sometimes I, you know, I, I start getting information like that, you know, where to go. But he wants to use each one of us. Each one of us is, you know, is unique and different, and you have a ministry to other people that nobody else has because of who you are how you can love, how you can touch, how you can speak into people, how you can minister. And God wants to use the uniqueness of you. See, we have permission to be ourselves. He wasn't looking for the, you know, the reserved pastor in the three-piece suit you know, to go pray for that guy. He just wanted a wild-haired boy to go back there and just love on him. He wants you. Let's say he wants me. You know, he wants you so much that he paid an extravagant price to have you. Yeah, he came from heaven. He poured out his own body and blood. All the life that flowed in him from heaven, he poured it out on the cross so he could have you. I had a young man ask me, you know, what, what do you think the treasure hidden in the field is? Because, uh, you know, many times people say it's Jesus, you know, and he's the hidden treasure and we're finding him. But we didn't sell everything that we had and buy the whole field. No, the, we're the treasure in the field. And the field is the world. And Jesus, you know, Jesus looked from heaven and saw people who would respond to his love. He goes, oh, I got to have them. As a matter of fact, I want them so much, I'm going to buy the whole world. And he bought the whole world. Everybody has the potential to be born again because he paid for everyone. For the people that would, he paid for the whole field just for those who would respond, who would love him. Shoo. Thank you. We're a treasure. Yep. <laughs> we are God's treasure. We're a pearl of great price. Boo. Shoo. We're the treasure. Mm. Yeah, the, how many of you read the Passion Translation? Okay, it's, it's so passionate, I really liked it. <laughs> so this is Matthew eleven twelve in the Passion. You know, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Ho! Come on, you can have it. You can have all of heaven. It's a gift. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's a gift. And we can have it. And God wants to use just people that he sees as treasure. You know, and, and his concept of you being treasure is greater than all the lies of the enemy that tell you who you're not. And once again, it's that enemy diminishing our options and squeezing out 
all the value that's in us. When, when you've heard, when you've been victimized, when you've been belittled, when you've heard who you're not, and, and maybe you've partnered with that, but it's time to stop. It's time to go, God, I, I want to be who you say I am. Yeah, I, and, you, and you can look. You can make a whole list of everything that, you, that the world has called you, that people have called you, that the lies in your head have called you. Make that list and then make a list of all the things that God calls you. Can I tell you some things that God calls us? <laughs> I just happened to have two pages worth because... <laughs> Ha! So when I was a young man, I was driving uh, my truck through the fields in Colorado, and, and, and I was just glorying in the creation. And all of a sudden, you know, I was a new believer. All of a sudden, I heard the enemy, remind, and he reminded me of things I'd done and ways I'd been. You know, anybody ever have flashbacks of awful things you've done and awful ways you've been? <laughs> and I shuddered. I'm like, Ugh. But the Holy Spirit was there with me, you know. He's, <laughs> he's here. And he said, he said uh, hey, Chuck, that boy is dead. Yes. It's a sad story, but it's not who you are anymore. He died, and you are a new creation. And you know what? I believed him. Best choice ever. <laughs> but I didn't know who a new creation was. I didn't know how they thought or anything. And so I sat down. This was way back in the 1900s. <laughs> we didn't have Google. <laughs> didn't have telephones that do everything. Ours was hooked to the wall with a big old cord. <laughs> uh, so I got out books, you know, Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible. I got out the Bible, <laughs> and I read through, and I highlighted everything it said about my identity in Christ as a new creature. And, and I got a typewriter, you know? Remember those things? <laughs> and I typed out all these things. And this is essentially the same list, but now it's in digital form from my computer. And I'm just going to tell you some things he says. Oops, <laughs> this is the Holy Spirit one. That's who he says the Holy Spirit is. That's really good, too. But that's not the one I was going to get. Huh, that's interesting. Maybe you need to know what, who the Holy Spirit is. Yeah, this is what he says about me. Yeah. In Christ, the Word of God says... I'm God's child, for I'm born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which lives and abides forever. You know, just let, me, just let these wash over you right now. Just, yeah, you can close your eyes if you need to, whatever. I'm forgiven of a couple of my sins. Oh, wait, all. Oh, my goodness. I'm forgiven of all my sins and washed in the blood of Jesus. I am a new creation. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am delivered from the power of darkness and transported into God's kingdom. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm blessed. I'm a saint. I'm the head and not the tail. <laughs> 
we used to ha we used to farm sheep. Has anybody ever been a sheep farmer or been on a sheep farm? Anybody? Not too many. Um, <laughs> every time I read, I'm the head and not the tail. I just I hope not to offend anybody, but with this, but when the whole flock of sheep goes by, um, it, it's all these little poopy dreadlocks on the back end of the sheep, <laughs> rattling, going. <laughs> they go. I am the head and not the tail. <laughs> I, hope that, I hope that visual wasn't too much for you. I apologize. <laughs> I'm above only and not beneath. I'm not under the circumstances of life. I'm above them. I'm holy and without blame before him in love. That's what he says I am. You know, in the old, under the Old Covenant, God says, be holy, for I'm holy. And you got to do a whole lot of stuff to be holy. you got to obey the whole law, and then when you blow it, you got to kill some poor little innocent animal to be holy. But he says we have a new covenant, and it's a better covenant. Under the new covenant, when God says, be holy, for I am holy, it's an impartation of holiness. What's the name of that spirit he put inside? Holy, oh, that's all the holiness there is in the universe. It's the holiness of God. And he moved inside. And so no longer am I striving to be holy, to get loved and, and attain holiness. Now I'm living out of holiness as I connect with the Holy One inside me. Ho! <sighs> Receive it. <laughs> yes. Yep, I'm holy and without blame before him in love. I'm elect and chosen, established to the end, made near by the blood of Christ. I am victorious, set free, strong in the Lord and dead to sin. I'm more than a conqueror, a joint heir with Christ, sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I am in Christ Jesus by God's doing. Oh, he did it. No attaining, no striving, no performance to get there. I'm accepted in the beloved, complete in him. Yeah, have you ever been rejected? We all have. Rejection sucks, but he says we're accepted. I'm complete in him. I've been crucified with Christ, and I'm alive with Christ. I'm free from condemnation. I've been reconciled to God, and I'm qualified to share in his inheritance. I'm firmly rooted, built up, established in my faith, and overflowing with gratitude. That's, that's one you can read in the mirror as you look at yourself. I am firmly rooted, built up, established in my faith, and overflowing with gratitude. I'm a fellow citizen of the saints and of the household of God. I'm born of God, and the evil one does not touch me. I mean, that, that's powerful, because... You can think, oh, that doesn't work out. The evil one touched me. No, wait a minute. That's because I let him. Wait a second. You say, you say, I'm born of God and the evil one does not touch me. Okay, I'm going to start agreeing with you when the evil one comes around to touch me. I'm going to read this to you, evil one. <laughs> I'm in the world as he is in heaven. I'm his faithful follower overtaken with blessings. Just say that. I'm overtaken with blessings. <laughs> Watch out. 
I'm his disciple because I have love for others. I'm the salt of the earth and the light of the world. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Whoa, that's something. I'm a partaker of his divine nature. Whoa, I'm called of God, the first fruits among his creation. I'm an ambassador for Christ. I am God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he's appointed for me to walk in. Healed by the stripes of Jesus. Just say, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm being changed into his image. I am beloved of God, raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places with him. I am always triumphant in Christ. How how often? I'm freed from the law of sin and death. I've brought into the glorious liberty of the children of God, and I have the mind of Christ. I've obtained an inheritance. I have access by one spirit to the Father. I have everlasting life. I will not be condemned. I have the peace of God that surpasses understanding. I've received the power of the Holy Spirit to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Ho! As well as power to cast out demons. I have authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. Shoot. See, so I, I would get up every morning and I would read these things over me because I didn't know how a new creation thought. And I'm renewing my mind to what he says because I knew how the old guy thought. But I don't want to think that way anymore. I want to think the things he says. And so every morning I'd read this over myself. And before long, <laughs> I believed it. <laughs> I agreed with it. And you could tell me who I wasn't and i go, I'm sorry. God told me something else. He told me something different. I'm going to believe him. See, all of this has to do with perspective. Will we look at the, you know, the dwindling stream because of the, you know, the enemy piling rocks in our river? Or will we look at the, the size of the volume of the back pressure of heaven waiting to burst through when we'll stand in the gap? Shoo. Will we look at what the enemy says about us or will we fill ourselves with what God says about us? It's all about perspective. Can can I read you a poem that I wrote? (laughs) Thank you. Okay, this is called Perspective, interestingly enough. How do you do it? The way you keep pulling me into the now with these amazing moments that take my breath away. A sunset while the world is pressing and compressing me, narrowing my options, just then I step outside and there it is. But you'd been spinning it for a while, while I didn't notice, lost in thoughts, thinking myself asunder. Suddenly comes crashing in and stops me with perfect peace. And wild pinks and purples, gold and orange, explode across the sky silently. As sun kisses earth goodnight and sinks, leaving an all-embracing stillness that redefines my heart. How did you do that? That subtle way your love and beauty and extravagance redirect me. You're making me resolve to always live in now, that timeless resting place where war and adventure and striving and compassion, they all find their end in you. 
and all the yearnings of my heart are stilled and come to rest as they see fulfillment in the secret place before ever I walk them out in time. Thank you for making a place for me in you so that where you are, I may be also. Jesus, thank you. You're the great redefiner. Yeah, we have an opportunity to look at the, all the chariots of Egypt coming to press us against the sea or to look at you parting the sea and taking us across to destroy our enemies. Yeah, to look at all the impossibilities and the crushing in of, yeah, the economy. Health, the government, all those things in this world that look overwhelming. Or we can look into your promises, look into your character, look into your nature, look into your kingdom right here. God, teach us to look into your kingdom and into you. Teach us to take that time in the secret place alone with you to be redefined yep, and to come out with a mindset of victory because you say, thanks be to God who always leads me in triumph in Christ Jesus and manifests through me the sweet aroma of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. Jesus, Jesus. I want to invite us to stand up as we're getting ready to close. And I don't know how you guys end meetings, but you can do anything you want. <laughs> but if you need to be redefined in some way, perhaps your health needs to be redefined. You know, I love it when somebody says that Yep, it's impossible. There's nothing we can do for your condition. <laughs> because the brocks are just piling up in the river, but I look back to God and go, okay, show me what you can't do. <laughs> and if you don't mind standing for a second, I'll tell you another testimony. Would that be okay? So I was in, um, in Switzerland, and I met this beautiful lady named Doris, who was in her 70s at the time. And, and she had had cancer two years before. But, uh, and they said, you know, it's all over, Doris. And, and she, went and she went to her church. They prayed for her, and she went back to the doctor, and there was no cancer in her body. Yeah. Yay! Okay, that's just the beginning. So two years later, uh, the doctor says, Doris, we found a different kind of cancer in your body, and it is moving so fast. It's through your entire lymph system. It's, it's traveling. It's, there's actually nothing we can do. And Doris goes, yes! You know, and, and, and he goes, wait, Doris, you don't get it. No, this is really serious, Doris. But she knew God had healed her before, and she knew the God of miracles. So she's excited now. 
And he's going, no, 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 wait, Doris, you're in denial. Wait, I got to tell you how bad this is. <laughs> he tells her how bad it is. You know, there's nothing we can medically do. She goes, yes. <laughs> and, and he's not a Christian at all. And he goes, no, Doris, Doris, you don't understand. And he just uses this phrase. He goes, I mean, you need a miracle. She goes, yes. <laughs> and he's, he's freaking out because Doris is losing it. And she's totally in denial. And so he actually took out, he's not a Christian, he took out his, his prescription tablet, and just to humor her, he wrote down, Ein Wunder, One Miracle. And he handed it, I have a picture of it on my phone. She took that to Jesus, and she came back with a miracle. <laughs> oh! So if you, need, if you need your financial system redefined according to heaven, yep. If you need your relational situation redefined according to heaven, yeah, let's just stand in the atmosphere of heaven. And Lord, we, we're just, we just invite you, angelic host, to hit the tuning fork of heaven, yep, and just let it reattune us to heaven's frequency, yep, that all of a sudden uh, jobs are going to manifest for your life. Good jobs. Yeah. Financial provision is going to come. Yeah. The healing power of Jesus is starting to work in your bodies and you're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Understanding is going to come into your relationships where you can you can hear each other and speak into each other and yeah, and be kind. Oh, kindness in a relationship. Wow, that's a concept. <laughs> ha! <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's time for fear to go. Yeah, and that three pounds of hopelessness just to fall off. <laughs> that, was a, that was a heavy weight of hopelessness, but weighed three pounds. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, let's all just do that. Take off that overcoat of hopelessness and discouragement and the impossibility of circumstances. You know, because the impossible is what he breaks through. Yeah, he breaks through the impossible. That's who he is. And so if you have an impossible situation like Doris, we're going to go... Go ahead and amaze us, God. Go ahead and amaze us with how you do it. We're not going to define how you have to do it, but right now we stand with impossibilities and we say, yes, God. Redefine us according to your promises and your word. We stand in the atmosphere of being redefined. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. This is your homework assignment for the rest of your life. <laughs> is, you know, it's so important to go into that secret place and let him redefine you every day, every day. And, and I wrote a little poem about the secret place. Can I pray that over you? Okay, it's, it's the secret place. It can be found in the cab of my truck or in a bathroom stall or on my sofa or the floor or best of all, high up in a tree, or crawling through the underbrush to the river's bank. No matter how confined the space, a door opens into the broad open vistas 
where the yes of God opens me wide and still and free. It's the place my heart calls home, where I am safe in him and he alive in me. The secret place is a place of wonder and adventure into the realms where promise and purpose supersede the laws of nature, where generosity and abundance triumph over reason, and all it takes is my yes. We say yes, God. Yes to your promises, yes to your word, yes to your spirit, yes to your purposes, yes to the truth about who you say we are, yes to your healing virtue, yes to your strength, yes to the, the building up of the pressure of heaven behind us in the face of every opposition. We say yes to breakthrough into the realms of heaven's glory, breakthrough. And thank you, God, even when breakthrough starts as a tiny little bit, You've purposed breakthrough to go from a tiny bit to the blasting open of the entire dam and the gushing forth of heaven into our lives. That we are the opening between heaven and earth and all of heaven's capacity gets to gush through us. Your spirit in us is the deposit that guarantees the whole inheritance. So Holy Spirit, yes, rise up in us. Yep, manifest in us. We recognize your presence and honor your presence within, Holy Spirit. We honor you among us and upon us and within us. Yep. We're temples of the living God. You live in us, and we corporately are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And you live among us. We're living stones built up to be a, a holy habitation of God by your Spirit. We say yes as a church, to being, yep, living stones built up and being a holy house of God. Yep, we say yes to us being the church with you as the head and being the fullness of you who fills everything in every way. We say yes to us as the church being the manifold wisdom of God displayed before powers and principalities. We say yes to who you say the church is and yes to who you say we are. And we declare your victory, your breakthrough into this world through us, your people, and us, your church. We declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. Shoo! Yeah. Praise God. Can we give Chuck a hand? Thank you so much. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Um, all right. Can we do two things at one time? I think we're smart enough to do this. We, f we forgot. We did not do our tithes and offerings this morning. We usually do tithing declarations, and we somehow just missed it. So we want to do, uh, we want to give you a chance to sow uh, your tithes, of course, but also we want to give you a chance to sow into um, this weekend conference and in Chuck Perry. So, yeah, you can be seated for a second. If we could put up the Ways to Give slide. Um, so, yeah, I just want to give you an opportunity. Can our ushers come forward to the front? And so, yeah, my wife has this, uh, she has these declarations that pop up on her phone. And one says, uh, it's impossible for me to pray and for nothing to happen. 
Yeah, and that's actually scripture. James 5.16 says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So every time we pray, it does something. It's producing something. Equally as true as that is it's impossible. This is a, a principle that God's put in place. It's impossible for you to sow and for nothing to happen. So that's, of course, true with your tithes and offerings. When you sow, it is doing something in the spirit. It's actually a spiritual act when we give. And also when we sow an offering, and I want you to sow um, an offering this morning into Chuck Perry's ministry, and uh, he has just blessed us so much, and I, I just, I'm still pinching myself that the head of the healing rooms at Bethel, Chuck Perry, came to our church. <laughs> Jesus loves us, amen. So I want to give you an opportunity to sow into your own life and your own breakthrough. God loves to pour out blessing. He's looking for people to pour out blessing on. Amen. And so ushers, come forward. Now, you do have a special instruction. If you're doing your normal ties, um, you can do just give and then the code with the text to give. If you want to give to um, straight to Chuck Perry, um, you're going to say um, give the amount and it's guest. We changed it. It's give, the amount, and guess. And so if you just put give in the amount, it, it'll go to general fund. But if you put give in the amount and guest, we know that that's earmarked for Chuck. If on your check, you can put guest. We, well, you can put write it to Awaken Life Church, but put guest on your check, and the memo will know that's for Chuck. And online, there's also a drop-down menu that says guest. Amen. <laughs> All right, ushers, go ahead and pass the buckets. Let's have our ministry team come forward. And also, um, Chuck, can we have your ministry team? You guys want to come on up? Come on up. Um, Chuck's team is going to be here to pray for you this morning. If you have any need this morning you would like prayer for, we would love to stand with you and pray for that this morning. So how many were blessed this morning and this weekend? Anybody? Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right, I'm going to pray uh, just a prayer of dismissal, but yeah, don't miss prayer. If you need prayer this morning, please come up. I'll, I will also be up here to pray for you this morning. So thank you, Father God. God, you are so good to us. You are so good to us, God. Let us go into that secret place with you every day and let you redefine us, God. God, define us according to what you say, God. Not according to what we've believed or what the world has said, but according to what you say, God. We just declare over each person, God, that we're in this beautiful process of being defined according to what you say, God. And we just thank you, Lord, that we're going to let up our sails. We're going to pull up the anchor and pull up, put up the sail. And we're going to go where the Holy Spirit is going. So we just thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this place. And we just thank you for each person that was here, God. We thank you for so much breakthrough. God, that has happened in this, this weekend, and God, the breakthrough that is coming. We just thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good to us, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Holy Spirit. Amen.